Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Fantasy Fellow Show. My name is Kyle. Today, we're going to be doing the AFC West Fantasy Previews. We're going to start with the Broncos and work our way alphabetically through the rest of this division. So Denver Broncos 2021, we're going to look through the depth chart. We're going to take a look at their notable additions, who they lost in free agency, and we'll take a peek at their draft class, too. Uh, And then we'll kind of get a better picture of uh, who we're going to be drafting for fantasy football this season. So I've been drafting a handful of Broncos the way it is. Uh, for Dynasty, there's a couple people that we're going to want on the, on our horizons here, too. And there's a potential trade that could happen at some point this week, although I, I, sounding the, it doesn't sound very likely. So I think we're going to roll forward with Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater. But before we get to the actual depth chart, we'll just uh, note the head coach, Vic Fangio, and Pat Shermer. These guys are both there for another season. Uh, and then let's just take a peek quick before we get to the draft class. We'll look at the notable additions here. Um, so Teddy Bridgewater, uh, Teddy Bridge Eater here. I got to probably add a W in there. Uh, but they traded for Teddy B from the Carolina Panthers. They added Mike Boone from the Vikings. Tra- uh, they signed Ronald Darby and Kyle Fuller. So they injected some nice starting cornerbacks here. They did lose AJ Bouye, uh, Jarrell Casey, and Nick Vanette. So nothing too overwhelming uh, on the losses. But adding two starting corners. Getting someone to push Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater, who they know is like safe and reliable. I don't know if he's going to be enough to get them over the top, uh, but nonetheless, this should make Drew Locke have a little bit more urgency and just being a better quarterback this season for the Denver Broncos. And then Mike Boone comes in as the potential number three or number four running back. He's going to push Royce Freeman for that number three spot. So I like the offseason moves here. And then looking at the draft class, it was an interesting draft class because there's a lot of rumors. Is, are the Broncos going to trade for a quarterback? Are they going to draft a quarterback? They ended up getting Teddy Bridgewater just a, a few days before the draft and landed Patrick Sertan the second out of Alabama. The second cornerback off the board, too, behind J.C. Horn. So they land another cornerback to pair with Ronald Darby and um, Kyle Fuller. A really good move there, too. So we can see what, what Denver's building, a pretty solid secondary uh, right now. And then in the second round, they elect to take Javante Williams. They actually moved up to take Javante Williams, <clears throat> which is a really sweet move. Uh, Melvin Gordon's only got one more year left on his deal. Uh, Javante was one of my favorite running backs in the draft process. And Denver's got themselves a potential uh, running back one uh, as, as soon as 2022. I don't know if we're going to uh, see uh, the, the, the good stuff out of Javante Williams this year as long as Melvin Gordon's in the way. But there's potential that Javante could push Melvin Gordon for some playing time this season. Uh, in the third round, they go ahead and get uh, center Quinn Miners out of UW-Whitewater. They get linebacker Baron Browning, Ohio State, uh, in the third round as well. So I'm a big fan of all, I think all four of these picks are potential starters for the Broncos as early as next year. They take a break in the fourth round and they get two fifth round picks. Caden Stearns out of Texas, a really solid safety. Jamar Johnson out of Indiana. So two safeties here to compete for starting spots. Wide receiver Seth Williams out of Auburn, who... Uh, watching his tape, man, his highlight tape was was pretty impressive. It's just when you watch uh, his actual game tape is where he starts to lose some effort and some things like that. But he's a fun player to watch. He's uh, he's kind of like a Tim Patrick mold, you know, a lengthy receiver that can go get the ball and win 50-50s. Uh, so I'm watching Seth Williams in preseason. And then they finish the draft in the seventh round with some with some defensive help. Kerry Vincent Jr., cornerback out of LSU. Defensive ends here, Jonathan Cooper and Marquise Spencer. So uh, a really well-done draft here. They loaded the defense up in this one uh, with two safeties, two defensive ends, uh, two corners, and a linebacker here. So I like the attention to detail on the defensive side. And then getting Javante Williams, man, and Seth Williams, too. We should see what, the, what those guys can do. But Javante should be the eye of the prize here. 
Um, so let's take a look at this. How are we going to handle this depth chart here? We have I have Drew Locke here, but I kind of want to list Teddy Bridgewater as a co-starter. I think this is an open competition. We're probably going to pencil in Drew Locke to start the season, but if things get rocky or if he's kind of looking like he did last year and not showing any progress, we might see Teddy Bridgewater enter the fold at some point halfway through the season. So for that, I have not been drafting too many Bronco quarterbacks, whether it's Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater. I might have snagged one of them in like the 19th or 20th round of the best ball league. But until we get some clarity on these guys, uh, come August in training camp, I'm, I'm really not predicting myself to draft any of these guys. And if anything, they're going to be quarterback twos in Superflex League, so we can kind of ignore the Broncos quarterback for fantasy unless um, unless someone gets traded there very soon. So if that happens, then this is a whole game changer. And I'll probably have to remake this video with that outlook. But for now, I'm kind of planning on a Drew Locke, Teddy Bridgewater split. Maybe Locke plays the first eight, nine, ten games and Bridgewater finishes up. Who knows? But this is uh, this is Drew Locke's careers on the line here with Denver. It depends on how well he does this year, if he is indeed the day one starter. Uh, Brett Ripien's there is the number three. Uh, but running backs, <clears throat> this is where it gets fun. Melvin Gordon is the starter. Javante Williams is going to be number two. They have Mike Boone and Royce Freeman competing for the third and fourth spots. And we'll see if Levante Bellamy and Demaria Crockett can make the team. I'm assuming the top four running backs make the roster. I don't know if they're going to carry five, but it's all about Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams. I want to pull up and show you guys where, where Melvin Gordon finished last year in PPR formats. Um, so he actually had a really efficient season for touchdowns. He had nine total rushing touchdowns. He also caught a touchdown. He had 215 carries, almost 1,000 yards. And then he did add 32 receptions, 158 yards on the uh, in the air. So let me actually click into – now we'll go here to the charts. Let's just pull up and see what else uh, happened with Denver's running game. So Philip Lindsay. Uh, I guess Melvin Gordon, again, 215 carries. Philip Lindsay had 118, so that was almost a two-to-one split. Um, 502 yards, 4.3 yards per carry for Lindsay. He, he, he kind of did what he's always been doing, just the carry shifted heavily towards Melvin Gordon. And then the like the receptions just all went to Melvin Gordon. Uh, Philip Lindsay, not the best pass-catching running back. He only caught seven of his 14 targets for 28 yards. Uh, whereas even Melvin Gordon, he he can catch the ball just fine, but it's he's not as shifty as he uh, once was with the ball in his hand. So only 4.9 yards per catch, uh, 158 yards and on 32 catches. That's not going to get it done. Um, so I do think we could see a boost from Javante Williams in the receiving game uh, if he's a little bit more efficient, a little bit more feisty and harder to bring down. Uh, Royce Freeman also had 35 carries caught 12 of his 13 targets for 81 yards. So there's a chance Royce Freeman, Mike Boone, they could be relevant if anything happens to one of the guys above them. Uh, but for running backs and fantasy football with the Broncos, we're going to focus on Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams, who their ADPs are getting closer and closer. I've seen Javante Williams sneak up pretty high now in drafts. Uh, he's he's one of my favorite dynasty picks this year, if you can get a mid to late first round. Uh, I love uh, next year in 2022, we might be talking about Javante Williams as a, a top 12 top 15 running back last uh, next year in the system. So uh, that has me kind of not excited about Melvin Gordon. If we're excited about Javante Williams, I just wish his ADP would come down. So I'm kind of at the moment right now, I'm lukewarm on either drafting Gordon or Javante Williams. I think they're both going to kind of eat into each other's numbers and just be pesky. If I had to bank on one, Melvin Gordon might be the guy to start the year, but towards November towards December, we might uh, the cat might be out of the bag on Javante Williams, and he could be uh, the one A Melvin Gordon, the one B. But Melvin Gordon still has a lot of receiving work and a lot of uh, good pass blocking. 
tendency. So he still might get some work. Again, he's still a good goal linebacker. He's seen nine rushing touchdowns. He did run for 4.6 yards per carry too. So he was effective on his touches. Uh, and the, I think the offensive line is going to be a little bit better this year too. So Gordon and Javante Williams, fullback Andrew Beck is there, Adam Prentice, the backup. Now, what about these receivers? Because if, uh, if I'm being honest, if I had to draft any position on the Broncos, it's a pass catcher, and it's either a receiver or Noah Fant, the tight end. And this year we get Cortland Sutton back along with Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler, and Tim Patrick. I actually thought Tim Patrick, like he played damn well. He did his best Cortland and Sutton impression last year. So I'm looking at four wide receivers here uh, that uh, interest me. It, it probably would take an injury to one of the uh, the top three for Tim Patrick to remain relevant again in fantasy. But you're talking about Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, and KJ Hamler. All these guys uh, are going to be up for targets. I think Cortland Sutton's probably in the sixth or seventh round. Jerry Judy's probably in that seventh, eighth round. And Hamler can get like pretty late for, for best ball leagues right now, too. So uh, I'm, I was very encouraged by the amount of targets Jerry Judy got last year. They were just inconsistent targets. He only caught 52 of his 113 targets. That, that needs to improve. And now I'm looking at Drew Locke, Jeff Driscoll, Brett Ripien, and uh, Kendall Hinton. Um, but anyways, Jerry Judy, he led the team in targets last year, led the team in receiving yards as a rookie, only three touchdowns. Uh, but that's a really good baseline. I, I think Cortland Sutton's going to muddy up the works in terms of targets and leading the team in receiving yards again. But I like Jerry Judy as a kind of wide receiver three. Uh, and then Cortland Sutton, I kind of view him as a top 25, top 30 wide receiver. He looks best as your wide receiver three, but you can use him potentially as a wide receiver two. It just really depends on if it's Drew Locke or Teddy. That might change a few things. Uh, but overall, uh, I, I think you can safely kind of ignore who the Denver quarterback is uh, for Sutton and for Jerry Judy and continue to draft these guys just as your wide receiver threes or best yet, if you can get them on your bench as your number four, I think that's a pretty good spot to be in too. Uh, but the guy that I feel probably, the guy that I would say if you're going to draft a Denver Bronco, it's probably got to be Noah Fant who caught 62 of his 93 targets last year, 673 yards and three touchdowns. He battled through some injuries, but he actually played through a handful of them too. Um, so I, let me just pull up and see where he finished as a tight end last season. Um, Noah Fant, we'll change this to PPR real quick. And Fant was tight end number 11. He only played in 14 games. Uh, he averaged 10.5 fantasy points per game. If we filter that by total fantasy points per game, that would have put him still tight end number 11. So you're buying a, a top 12 tight end that's got room to grow. Um, you know, there's going to be some potential for touchdown upside there. He only had three last year. And if he plays a full 16, 17 games, you're looking at a pretty good uh, potential tight end one here. And then just I'm doing the math right now on the side with 93 targets in 14 games. Uh, that's an average of 6.6 .6 targets per game. And if I remember correctly, he left one game early. So we might even be able to pull one out of there. Um, it might have been maybe I don't think it was New Orleans. Uh, but anyways, Noah Fant with why is it saying 15 games there and 14 here? Um, well, anyways, roughly 6.6 .6 targets per game. He times that by 17 and you're looking at 112. So there's potential for hundred targets here. Targets rule fantasy football for tight ends. Uh, there's only three tight or maybe four or five tight ends last year that had over 100 targets and they all finished as a tight end one besides, uh, Evan Ingram. So that's, uh, interesting to note there. If you were going to draft one Denver Bronco to me, it's probably going to be Noah Fant. 
So let's just take a look and see what I got projected for these guys this season. I kind of have, uh, I mean, I got Teddy Bridgewater with maybe one or two more games. It's almost a 50-50 split, but again, I already told you I'm not very interested in drafting either of these guys. Um, if I had to, I, I'd play the waiver wire uh, to maybe pick up Teddy Bridgewater if he's the guy later in the year. Uh, or if you want to just get a few games out of Drew Locke, you totally can too to start the year. But I just I think I would rather pivot to another uh, another quarterback that has more clarity and you know probably will start almost 16, 17 games. Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams. I still have Melvin Gordon leading the way, 191 carries, 129 for Javante Williams. I'm willing to make that even a, a wider or closer split. It really depends on how the summer beat is going for Javante in August. Uh, but seven touchdowns for Melvin Gordon, five for Javante Williams. Uh, I did have a good receiving workload for Javante, 22 catches on 26 targets, 150 yards and a touchdown. And basically a difference of about 30 fantasy points. So for me, these guys are both probably, if you look at the whole long scope of the season, they're probably going to be top 30, top 35 running backs. So why, uh, running back threes for me, uh, when I look at the wide receivers, I have Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton, a difference of about 30 fantasy points. Uh, I would bet that Cortland Sutton's probably going to be leading this team in yards and targets and receptions and probably touchdowns too. So if you want somebody, I think I can put my stamp on Cortland Sutton being at least a wide receiver three. I have him projected for 211 PPR points. That would have put him as a uh, wide receiver 25. So again, top 30 wide receiver, someone I think we can trust. And then Jerry Judy at one, basically 180. That would put Jerry Judy... Uh, about wide receiver 36. So he's going to be a low end uh, wide receiver three flex play. He was wide receiver 46 last season. And then Noah Fant down here, uh, I have him going for 67 catches, 96 targets, 715 yards and five TDs, about 168 and a half tight end points. Let's just see where that would have put him last year basically 169. I would have put him as tight end seven. So uh, keep an eye on Noah Fant. He's been slipping in drafts. He kind of goes around where Logan Thomas and, and Mike Jasicki are going. So uh, I'm interested, I think, in Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Noah Fant, uh, regardless of the quarterback play. So feel free to continue drafting these guys. They all had fantasy value, even with the slew of quarterbacks that they had last year. That was Drew Locke, Driscoll, Ripian, and Kendall Hinton. I uh, hope he didn't start anybody during that Kendall, Kendall Hinton game. Uh, but anyways, that's going to do it for the 2021 Denver Broncos. If they do make a trade, I'll make a new one. Uh, again, I kind of noted that earlier. And uh, please note that these are just my initial projections. I will now be able to start to move numbers around uh, as we begin to hear things in training camp buzz. So uh, hang tight. We're going to upload this one, and then we'll hop into the Kansas City Chiefs next. So we'll see you guys in the next video. Cool. Peace.